Everybody, we've got Alex Lee, co-founder and CMO of Foodie Fit Meal Prep in Las Vegas with us today. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Bossa. Thanks for joining. Alex, we go way, way back, um, but I want uh, you to tell us a little bit more about you um, and your history and how you started uh, Foodie Fit, where you're at, and anything exciting in between. Yeah, so um, I moved to Vegas about six years ago. Um, I was a bartender, been a bartender, uh, but before that I did work for uh, another meal prep company in California and um, really liked that concept. I just didn't really uh, believe in that brand. So I went back to bartending to kind of start making more money and uh, I don't think I was ready to grow up yet, but um, I also had some sales experience uh, selling radio. And uh, when I moved to Vegas, uh, I reconnected with my uh, best friend and business partner, Andrew, and um, we kind of had this plan to open up uh, something healthy uh, in Las Vegas. And um, at that time, uh, when you look on Yelp, uh, it was literally like John's meal prep, and it would just be a phone number, and it would just be this dude cooking food from his house and then just dropping it off. So we knew there was uh, definitely... Uh, there was a, there was definitely some uh, an opportunity in the market because there were so many cocktail servers and bartenders and industry people. And what a lot of people don't know is that we're hired as models. So they hire you kind of as is on the picture. So they kind of have to stay fit or, you know, there is an opportunity to lose your job because of it. So um, with all these off hours in a city that doesn't sleep, we wanted to get something faster than fast food. So we thought of, uh, bringing meal prep over to uh, Las Vegas. And um, what the one meal prep company we tried was called Ninja Fit Meals, which was our, became our third business partner because this food was just amazing. And uh, we basically bought in. And uh, now six years later, it's a uh, foodie fit. Um, when we first started, it was, uh, we're doing about 300 meals a week, um, just delivery. And now, you know, five years later, we are at about 15,000 meals a week, uh, two storefronts with uh, a third one coming. So pretty excited and um, kind of excited for the future and just really, really blessed to be able to kind of get through this uh, whole journey, including COVID. <laughs> yeah, it must have been hard um, during, uh, during COVID, crippled everybody. Um, one of the exciting things about this uh, podcast for me is we work a lot with digital brands and we also support, um, you know, their growth in retail uh, with all of the different digital communications that we leverage. Um, so I really want to punch into this one because you have two storefronts now and you have a third storefront on the way, right? Right. So the cool part for me and, and what I really want to dive into is how do you build an online community and call them to action online, direct to consumer, or uh, in store. How do you get somebody to see an ad and and you know get them to come into the store and, and pick up some meals? Yeah, so I I knew that the, there was a, some some uh, power in social media when we first started. Uh, 
I didn't know how much power we can leverage from it through Instagram. Um, but I knew there was something behind it. And um, in the beginning, uh, I started using um, influencers. And um, instead of looking at other meal prep models, I kind of looked at our own model and what we are, which is basically we wanted to be the best tasting meal prep company. And we wanted the our meal preps to be for everybody. So why would I be sponsoring this buff shredded uh, bodybuilder, you know, that eats chicken with no salt and stuff like that when we wanted something with variety. So I actually started, uh, my first tactic was to tap into the local food bloggers of, uh, social media. And because, you know, those, and I, I learned from, uh, a, a friend, <clears throat> you that, you know, the, the, that with uh, social media marketing, there has to be an emotion and the, the emotion was hunger. So that's how I solved that problem was through getting the, uh, working with the food bloggers to kind of showcase the meal preps and stuff like that uh, in a very different way. So w- what did that look like um, for anybody listening who is kind of, you know, figuring out what, what it looks like to work with influencers aside from, you know, reaching out to the bloggers or, um, seeding them with product, you know, how many were you, you sending per week or per month? And was there an ambassador program where people came in and got X amount in exchange for a blog? Yeah. Um, so the, I think the nice thing about, um, foodie fit is that, you know, uh, that's different from CPG is that we can, our food can technically subsidize your grocery bill. You can eat our food every single day and never step foot in a grocery store ever again, really. Um, so that was kind of a, uh, a big advantage on our end to comp meals for the food bloggers. And, um, you know, th- those guys aren't eating like, you know, gooey pizzas every single day, you know, that's just kind of what they're featuring, you know what I mean? So uh, that's kind of how, um, we got our earned media originally. And then once we started really, really accelerating our customer customer base, I had to start learning kind of more of the classic uh, agency style marketing through sponsored ads. And um, really I just casted a net um, in Vegas in the beginning because it's, it's relatively cheap as opposed to if it was a CPG and I was shipping all through the nation I would have to be uh, learning a lot more. So it was kind of more of a guess and check strategy and it's been working pretty well and um, really going heavy on creatives and put um, and keeping the creatives in in house was really, really important to me and focusing on the beauty of the food because our food is in a container. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you quantify the impact of working with an influencer and uh, what does success look like for, for each one? Uh, originally it was, um, followers and because we had a storefront, um, it's kind of like we have a, a live visual survey of the customer coming in. So we have daily summaries and we would see just, oh my God, all these people came in from Drew with unlocked, you know, you know, I saw his post and I came right in. Uh, we actually got a bunch from just a small feature in 90 day fiance. Uh, to this day, they're like, yeah, we're watching it. And I didn't even know that was there. And I drove right over. Um, is that couple, okay. is that couple still together? Do they bond over no, booty fit? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, but I had no idea that even traditional was, was making such a large impact. So I, I was like, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, TV's making a comeback, especially with uh, dig- digital streaming. You can, you can start, you can uh, day part 
um, some of your, uh, your your ad creatives now and stuff. So definitely looking into that in a, in the later future. But as of now, uh, social media has been doing uh, very well for us because we do have an online local delivery portal. So got it. But we're using like coupon codes to track other than influencer following because you can report on you know CPM based on their following. But we know that only ten percent of their following is going to see their content unless you whitelist or something. So what was right. that? What was that? Like measure of success, did you have have a coupon code for them to to, to use? Yes, or pass yes, along? We, yes. We had a coupon code, but um, we granted they their engagement it was probably mm, sometimes like half of what like a pizza place they would feature would do. But our check average is about a hundred dollars a person, so I would need uh, much less uh, conversions, if you will to to see a success because our average or our average reorder rate is about four times so our lifetime value of a customer is about 500 bucks nice that's yeah that's healthy so i i don't need a lot to you know so if i get one or two here three and four here 10 to 15 there huge successes so you've got a loyal following you know purchasing four or five times 100 bucks a pop um, how have you nurtured that? Like what, aside from working from influencers to build that top funnel, what have you done mm. to, you know, show the love to your community in Vegas? Uh, we work really close with the community. We, um, any sort of like, uh, any sort of kind of charity thing we always try to, um, donate to. We were really big during COVID because COVID honestly kicked our butts pretty hard. And, um, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast about a chef and, um, in New York. And he just said, well, we're not going to lay anybody off. So let's just keep cooking. That's what we're good at. And I was like, same, let's do it. So we dropped off almost 3000 meals, um, throughout the whole city, uh, just to be like, okay, cool. You know, if they need us, they need us. If they don't, if they don't. But, but during that time, I realized the biggest, um, the biggest sales drop was from industry hotels are closed. So I really kind of just looked at the avatar of the consumer. Okay. They have to be hourly based and they have to have like a, not really a nine to five. They're kind of on a schedule, like a week to week schedule. And we've kind of, I was like, well, what industry have we not tapped into? And that would be police officers and first responders, nurses, um, because they were working overtime. Nothing's changed for them. If anything, I, I feel like they were making more money. Um, so we did a lot of drop-offs to them uh, and we've definitely seen a return from them ever, even to this day. I mean, the, the code usages are always, is always top 10 for uh, uh, Metro PD and uh, Las Vegas Medical. Nice. Yeah. What, about, what about the folks um, who still might be you know, out of work because that may, I think Vegas opens up May 1st, right? Completely? Yes, that's the, that's the hopes. That's the hopes. That's it's looking like it too. Got it. So nightlife might've dropped off a bit, but how have you been continuing to maintain that relationship as you know, right now they probably can't. Um, well, my, my business partner's probably going to kill me, but, uh, honestly, any, any industry person that, that was, you know, hurting and stuff like that, I, I was just giving them half off our food. Um, I, I really can't give anyone a metric give you a mm -hmm. metric on the return for it. It just made me feel good. And I know that, you know, once the person goes back to work, um, they'll tell their friends and hopefully by then they'll return their favor back. 
because at that that point, what, what, what was I going to do? 10% is not going to do anything for them. That's really cool, man. Um, that's what really what I was getting at is I know you personally, I know that you were doing a lot of great for the, uh, for the nightlife community that was laid off or furloughed or just completely, you know, yeah. shut down. Um, so that's really cool. And I, I can see why people are coming back four or five times, uh, at a hundred dollar average order value. Um, what other things are you doing, um, online to drive people into store? Um, honestly, the, the in-store kind of sells itself. It's such a unique concept. And that, that one's a little bit more on the side of like the guerrilla marketing and through influencers. And then we use the ads for more for the online portal because uh, we don't have the luxury of being able to uh, connect with Shopify. So we have a very, we have a custom built um, website that doesn't give us as much data. Um, but the nice thing is the storefront gives us a ton of data because you're seeing them face to face. How's it going? Welcome back. You've been here? No. And then old school style, we, we tally it up <laughs> and then we ask them where they came from. And uh, it's always 50% is referral. So I at least know that um, our product is, is, is second to none. And uh, there's definitely a demand for it and people enjoy it. And they're seeing um, health, uh, definite health benefits through the food. But, but isn't there a chance for someone who maybe sees a direct response ad for your online storefront to see that and say, hey, you know, I've, I know they deliver two or three times a week and I can get this right to my door, but I'm going to be right there on windmill, you know, or whatever the yes. street is. And how, like, there's a chance that they could see that and, and come in Absolutely. and pick it up, right? Yes. Absolutely. So, so, so there, there's definitely some sort of a attribution model, but there isn't um, kind of a, a metric that I've, I've been confident enough to share with someone like you yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but it's, it's definitely working. I mean, people know who we are. I mean, I, I remember, you know, you know, five years ago, we was able to afford 12, 12 hats and 12 shirts. And, um, you know, I wore a shirt to the gym and I was so amped and nobody could care less. And now sometimes when I wear a hat, you know, when I go to the grocery store, or whatever, they're like, foodie fit. Like, what is that? Like, I've heard about my friends eat it. Like, I I've been wondering about it. So it's like, so I was like, I know that the awareness is, is there. So we're doing something right. It's just now I think we're, we're, we're at the stage of really trying to document the attribution process and that's kind of what we're uh, about to uh, launch a new website in the next two three months along with a third storefront so that's going to be uh going to be a lot of work coming in <laughs> the next few months and with the industry opening up too so business is going to be uh, flying i think do you do you ever see people in the comments of a of an ad um asking you know where can i buy this do you do you have any you know is there a store locator on your site? Like a lot of CPG brands, there's, you know, a lot of our clients, they sell online and they're in Whole Foods nationwide. So if somebody clicks to that right. store locator, you you know where they're available at near you and they get the choice. And we, we call it multiple ways of winning. You can buy online, mm -hmm. you can buy in store, you could drive them to Amazon, you can give them a retail request form, all those sorts mm -hmm. of things. Do you have any different, you know, guerrilla tactics like that for when you're community managing or anybody on your team is to help guide them to a path to purchase? Yeah. So, so we do have the store locators, um, on our website. 
uh, it's uh, we we actually thank God uh, the last few months been investing in SEO uh, because we've been ranking top um, top organics you know for years now even for meal prep and for foodie fit and little to little did I know that um, our paid ads manager told us that now these national companies are starting to bid on our name so I was like okay. Mm-hmm. We're starting to, we're starting to, so it's now we're almost kind of playing defense right now. Um, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, if you look at a lo- local meal prep versus the national meal, meal prep company, um, the product is like, uh, you, the, 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 the difference is, is night and day. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very, very, very heavy on, um, customer, uh, obsession because uh and i always tell people i'm like just treat them like your friend you know they've they're only in here for about five minutes make it the best five minutes the best five minutes of their day because they probably have back-to-back-to-back meetings like you and i did today <laughs> mm-hmm. so no, that's, that's great i i can tell you're building uh community first and then it's just that's what's kind of sustaining that lifetime value um and right. kind of cool that's you know I've, I've ordered national meal prep companies before and it comes frozen and you got to microwave it. Um, definitely got to give props to your, your food. Even if you next day air it to me, it, um, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty dang delicious. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've flown it over to you before, you know, uh, and you know, I I know you are uh, probably my number one fan, but you're also my, my harshest critic. And, you know, the fact that you enjoy the food, uh, you know, really says something. And and honestly, it it gets me off. You know, I'm a foodie and watching people be like, "Mm, that's so good. Like that's what I'm here for, (laughs) honestly. Um, so talking about more national, uh, meal prep companies, are there any plans in the future, uh, to do that? Or are you, are you really stoked on the, the, you know, regional or very local play? Uh, I'm actually. I actually feel like we we haven't really scratched the surface with with, um, with uh, Las Vegas yet. Um, based on uh, some of the data that we've kind of collected, I think we have an opportunity to grow uh, two uh, two more stores, so four stores total, at at still the same sales velocity. And we I think uh, once we get this uh, website dialed and be able to uh, get Clavio um, integrated. Um, I think we'll be able to double our um, our, our uh, online sales as well. Before um, I think going in outside of, outside of, into a new market. By that time, I think we'll have plenty of data, and we'll have a very very um, good uh, a, a good uh, idea uh, digitally on how to capture out of state. You know, because I won't have I won't have the um, connections that I'll have in Las Vegas. That's for sure. So. I, I need to, I need to do it right. Yeah. Um, what else are you doing? Cause I've ran the, I ran the math as we've been chatting, uh, 4,900% growth in six years from 300 meals a week to, to 15,000 meals a week. You're doing more than just influencer marketing and working with foodie bloggers. Um, giving a great customer experience, big fan of, um, Tony Shea and Sappos and, um, mm-hmm. still, still too early to just bummed about what happened there. Uh, yeah, but you're, you're doing more, uh, you gotta be to, to, to drive that sort of growth and, in, in, in meals. Are you doing any sort of SMS or what kind of automations do you have going on? And you yeah, we, act, we actually just started doing SMS. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. And, uh, we've actually been doing 
a higher offer online and getting um, less purchases because I think the there's friction on the website. So we're hence why we're going to overhaul the website. Um, and we're getting like, we're getting like a hundred redemptions for 5% off. So, <laughs> nice. so it's definitely offer driven um, because I think, um, you know, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I, I know that there, there, there should be a relationship built, uh, you know, through the text message, but I think that that part is covered through our storefront experience. What's the breakdown of uh, online versus storefront sales? Right now, um, it's about a 40-30-30 split. So 40% uh, online and then 30-30 from um, both stores. Got it, got it. So still a pretty solid. Yeah, and then the the numbers are are pretty like pretty darn close. That's why I kind of want to open up another storefront to kind of just to see some like different variables. You know what I mean? Cause they're, they, they're almost running like side by side along with like the, the rankings of the meals too. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, what does it look like when you open a new storefront? Does it have to be in a certain like strategic geography? So you're not cannibalizing sales from another store. Yeah, so we um, we tried to. I actually landed on this one website called uh, Placer Placer AI, and it's it's a really fantastic site, and um, it's uh, it kind of gave me a little bit of a heat map, and we we were able to identify that the the third store, even though it's um, kind of the proximity is about I think eight miles away from eight or seven miles away from the the green valley location based on the heat map uh, i compared them to the grocery stores that we're, we're next to um there shouldn't be too much overlap if anything it should uh, actually just add on to the business uh based on where like the cars are going and stuff like that because it, it tracks your cell phone so as opposed to getting like a census that was two years old um placer i can uh, update up to 30 days before that's interesting. I've never heard of uh, Placer AI. I'll put that link in the show notes. Um, yeah, hopefully they'll give me. A, hopefully they'll give me a discount because I, I can't afford their services. <laughs> you might have to swap a few meals for uh, for that. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the, yeah, but it also gives them an avatar, and um, I just really liked it. So, um, what my business partner always says is that we're, we're, we're kind of like a the Trader Joe's model. We really try to maximize our cost per square foot. We try to be in a good area, but not in the center where we're paying ultra premium pricing for the real estate. We're just on the outskirts of the nice area. So we're, we're getting a very, very cost efficient cost per square foot. It's like, you know, if we, if we wanted to serve Beverly Hills, we'd be right outside of Beverly Hills. So we don't pay the Beverly Hills pricing. Gotcha. Um, very cool. So I want to segue into, um, innovation uh for foodie fit Mm -hmm. for for me innovation and cpg is you know limited edition flavors or new new you know line extensions or whatever that may be but for foodie fit it's it's much different because um it's meals it's it's meals uh and you switch them out in a a very specific way can you talk us through your uh definition of innovation and, and how you roll it out yes so um we are constantly innovating um we we finally have a uh, a thousand square foot kitchen just de- dedicated towards innovation. Um, our model is we actually have uh, about 
uh, on average, from what I see from other uh, meal prep website portals, we have about 10 to 20 percent less items. But we also rotate in three items in and three items out. And the strategy with that is based on sales. Like if nobody likes it, get rid of it. But it also helps us with like, um, for example, COVID. Um, there was so much unavailability um, on proteins and whatnot. So we really had to pivot. But because we are already we, we were already doing rotation changes, all we were doing was just kind of like um, just swapping out the meals that we're, we're going to put into the pipeline. But, you know, we, we ended up pushing this one up if that makes sense, as opposed to now, like, you know, instead of like blacking out half the menu, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, how do you roll those out? Is it just on social? I've seen your IG stories where you, you do the gamifications of, you know, what, what meals are coming in, but do you send it out to like the email list and, and SMS list yep. or what does that look like? Um, so what we, what we've been doing right now is just a, um, a stock email blast. Uh, we're trying, we have about a 35% open rate, which I, I know doesn't matter like in this day and age, but um, until we get Clavio in, we can start kind of really um, pocketing our consumers. But as of now, lumping them as a whole, um, our, our new creative director has a pretty cool uh, strategy. Um, Jacob, he, he's really been trying to um, focus on the look and the feel of the food uh, through social media and really trying to uh, get more interactions and engagement and uh, build a build a preview out because before that, we just didn't have enough. To, uh, my, our team wasn't big enough. It was, it was hard enough just to launch it because you have to, you have to teach the the kitchen how to make it. You have to, you know, you have to whittle down the inventory for the the items that are leaving and bringing in the new items and also ensuring that you know, if you made one of them, it tasted good. Would it taste good if you made a hundred of them? So, um, but we, we've been doing this for three years now. And we we've kind of got it to. Uh, uh, a good science and I really uh, want to give a shout out to my, my my director Goody and my business partner Andrew for working like through the night for on the operation side because uh, it's not easy trying to make uh, fresh food because uh, again we have we have we have we have, we have a, a big customer obsession you know what I mean because we just always try to under promise and over deliver um, but how, how- so it's every two weeks that you're rotating the meals? Yeah, three items in, three items out. Are people, you know, you have a very loyal community base. Do mm-hmm. they just know that new meals are coming? But how does how is it communicated to them? Um, it's communicated through training through our front through our front of house. And then um, the email blasts and social media kind of sort of drive the the online sales people because a lot of those people the online sales have a higher uh a more consistent like a ordering structure if you will like they're uh i see the same names every sunday but if you go retail there is less there's about a two percent overlap of the person who comes in on a saturday versus the next saturday or for the next week so it was like kind of driving me nuts uh trying to figure it out and I, and I just realized we're like, well, it's like a Seven Eleven. You know what I mean? Like you don't go in every single Monday. That's not part of your ritual. You're, you kind of go whenever it's convenient for you to go pay, or to when you want to go to like a uh, like a like a Vons or Albertsons. You know, you go. You need you need to go there at some point. It just doesn't have to be today, if that makes sense. So I, I get. So what we've been doing is now we've been trying to kind of give them a reminder, be like, hey, don't don't run out of food because. Um, 
you know, basing it off a lot of looking at a lot of CPG models, I was looking at it all wrong. So I base it off of not like, you know, when they reorder, I, I base I base the the retargeting based on when the meals expire. So if you buy a thousand meals today and the person the next person buys only two meals, those meals will leave, will be expired in five days anyways. So you got to re-up. Maybe you have a family of 20. Maybe, maybe you're bringing it to your whole high school. I don't know. But either way, there should be a re-up. So there should be, a, my goal is no overlap. And we're trying to shrink, we're shrink the overlap and increasing the frequency is really kind of like the main, the main objective right now. Alex, I got to say that I, I'm a big fan of people who build online communities and are able to win um, in brick and mortar. Uh, it's one of my favorite things and it excites me the most. Um, so big, big props to you building your community and pretty much yeah. owning meal prep uh, in Vegas. I appreciate it. It's still, it's still a project and it's definitely not just me. It's a, it's a myself and a team of 90 that really make this happen for this community. And uh, we're going to be um, providing for uh, two elementary schools this year for a charity. Um, really excited for that. And uh, coming up in August, we, we have our own like school charity. Um, our idea was I wanted to, f- to be the first small business to be able to do things that the hotels were doing, you know, because I've seen the hotels that go to Walmart and they just start like putting stuff into the grocery shopping carts and stuff. And I was like, I want to do that. But, you know, I'm not as big as the win. We're not as big as the win. But I'm sure if we, we, we get a couple of businesses together collaboratively, we can we, we can make just as big of an impact than we have. And people love it. Alex, we're, uh, well, I, I don't want to get to it yet, but let's, let's earmark it for when um, we uh, tell everyone where we can find you to how we can support the, uh, all of the um, charities that you're doing and the stuff mm-hmm. with the elementary schools. So before we get to that, though, we do one of my favorite things, uh, which is rapid fire questions. Yep. Uh, one or two <laughs> and the the guest never knows what they are and most of the time i just make them up as i go um so m- my question to you is you're starting a cpg company mm-hmm. who are your co-founders and you can't be me right you start, you're starting a cpg company so foodie fits making a productized product that would be in retail um the rock i think okay. would be one business partner and I would probably tie that in with um, Elon Musk because I feel like he would just really elevate this to something that's going to really solve a problem, which is kind of the main theme of, of why we're in the health CPG, why why we're in the health industry in the first place, right? Would you call that uh, pair of two people rocket fuel? <laughs> yeah, I, I would think so. <laughs> Uh, awesome all right we're gonna leave it at one today um but uh alex tell everyone where we can find you where we can support the charities um literally anytime anybody goes to vegas uh all they have to do is search foodie fit so where can we find you um you can go online at uh, www.foodiefit.com uh we we deliver only in vegas Uh, we have two locations um one in green valley one in Summerlin. no need to list the the addresses and uh our instagram handle which is the most popular is at foodie fit meal prep and what about you uh you can find me at alex lee 122 um i don't really have a cool instagram i just post my dog 
and me bike riding and stuff. But uh, <laughs> you can you can reach me at um, Alex at foodiefit.com. Um, yeah. Awesome. Alex, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Really appreciate you. Congrats on that 4,900% growth. Um, and appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a real honor. 